Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk, producer and host of the Public Relations Review Podcast. When I conceived this program, my idea was to provide public relations practitioners with a wide variety of solid, useful information and guidance from public relations professionals across America. And we are doing that. I will continue to cover important topics such as crisis communications and artificial intelligence and other such important topics. But I will also address other issues such as diversity in public relations, marketing to women, public relations trends, various data concerns, and much more. From time to time, I will also invite vendors of public relations products on to help you better understand how these products can improve your efficiency and your effectiveness. You will learn a lot from our podcast, so thank you for listening, and please inform your colleagues about the Public Relations Review Podcast and continue listening. Thank you so very much. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review and to our listeners across America and around the world. Today, our guest is Kelly Glover. She launched her media career as a Hollywood intern in 2001. Then she earned her stripes as an entertainment reporter, talent agent, and podcasting and started podcasting in 2007. Kelly went on to host her own syndicated radio show in 2010 before transitioning into podcasting full-time in 2014. Then, in 2017, Kelly experienced that Jerry Maguire moment that led her to launch The Talent Squad, a podcasting, booking, and consulting agency. Now, with just a single client and one staff member, Kelly opened the doors of her boutique agency with offices in New York City and Los Angeles. And she has not looked back. So joining us today from Los Angeles, welcome Kelly to the Public Relations Review. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your show, Peter. Well, thank you so much. So I tell you, let's, let's begin by having you tell us what that moment was that led you to start your own business in podcast booking. I will tell you exactly the moment. And it was when I was walking to my uh 
Monday to Friday producing job and I got the phone call and they said, by the way, we're taking our people in-house. And I went to my other job and they said, by the way, that six-month contract is now a nine-month contract and that's coming to an end. And I thought, you know what? I need to make my own decisions and my own money. So I started my own agency. Well, now, what were some of the first um, assignments that you had uh, with the single client that you had? Yeah, so that was a client from my initial agency, and he already did, so I booked podcast tours for entrepreneurs. So I already booked him on about 100 podcasts by that point, so we kept going, and then my quest was to get more clients. So we um, find, fill, get, and pitch shows, so I just needed more people, because at that point, yeah, it was me and one client, like, that is not an agency. <laughs> Okay. That's a freelancer. <laughs> well, why don't you start by telling us some of the things, uh, once you talk to a client um, about booking them, tell them, us, if you will, some of the services that you provide for your clients. Sure. So podcasting is relatively new to most people. I've been in it since 2007 and doing the agency since 2000 and well, been in podcast booking since 2014. But the process is usually explaining how podcasts work, how it's earned media, and how it is different to regular public relations and what assets people need, how we need to pitch them, and what the expectations are. So I need to sort of do a bit of education up front so people know exactly what to expect. And then I'll work with them on their messaging their topics, their talking points, their one sheet, their media kit, and make sure they're ready for us to pitch. And then once they get the episode, I need to make sure they're ready for the interview and then what comes after the interview, which is the promotion, leveraging, and repurposing. Now, in terms of that that preparation, did you say that you also work up some potential questions for them so that they can have experience responding to them? Yeah, we can sometimes do... Well, at the task, we call it practice in private before you go public because a lot of people get a little bit nervous about that. So we can do mock interviews with them, but we also encourage people because podcasting is remote and it does require a certain amount of tech to get that up and running at home themselves and get used to speaking one-on-one into a microphone with the camera on, camera off and answering those questions. So it can be with us, but it's not just a... You know, you do a five-minute, three-question answer and you're ready to go. If someone is an introvert and a bit worried, we do encourage them to do multiple practice interviews with us and with others before they go out there because podcasts, unlike other media, it's evergreen. It's there for a long time. People Mm -hmm. will look it up for years. It's not that it's on the TV for that three-minute segment and it's gone, so you want to make sure you nail it when you do that interview. How do you go about, because there are so many podcasts, uh, how do you go about identifying, let's say your client happens to an author and that their topic is floral arrangements, if you will. Uh, how do you go about identifying all of the podcasts that might be available to pitch for your client? Okay, so if it was, if it was an author with a book on floral arrangements, the first thing I would ask is, who do you want to talk to and what do you want them to do as a result of hearing you on a podcast? So if it's an author and floral arrangements, it may very well be weddings and someone doing a DIY wedding. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, it, de- it depends on the book and the content, or it could be, if it's floral arrangements, it could be teaching a group or something like that. 
So it doesn't necessarily have to be a one category pet food podcast. And then I would go down the different avenues and, just, and find our shows for that. So when you find a show, you've got to do a two-way vetting process. So is your client suitable for the show and is the show suitable for the client? Often we get people saying, yeah, I want to be on Tim Ferriss's show. Well, you know, if the last person was Oprah and Gary Vaynerchuk, you're probably not at that level. So you might want to be on that show and it's awesome, but you might not be good enough for that show yet. Mm -hmm. So they're just a few things. But yeah, there's what, like more than 800,000 podcasts at the moment, but there's a thing called Podfade. So even though the show's there, it doesn't mean they're active. Even though the shows are there, it doesn't mean they have guests. It could be a solo show or it could be a show amongst hosts where they talk to themselves. So with pitching podcasts and getting your client on that show, a lot of the legwork is just finding the show before you even vet the show and before you even pitch the show. So that's where the busy work becomes. One of the things that I found out in my broadcast career is that you do get a lot of calls, maybe from entrepreneurs that just want to get on the radio and they don't make the linkage between what your show is about and what it is that they do. That, uh, you know, yeah. those two things uh, we find a lot might of be authors, odd. I want to talk about the book. We find a lot of authors say, I want to talk about the book. I'm promoting my book. But nobody wants to hear about the the book, unless you're Oprah and it's you coming out with a book talking about yourself, what the audience actually wants to hear is the content of the book and you are the person to deliver that message. So with the flower arrangement person, say the name of the author is Jane, they don't know who Jane is, they don't care about Jane, they want to know, oh, I need to learn this skill of flower arranging, Jane's the expert that's written the book and that's how she's going to get on the show. So it's not necessarily about her as a person. Her stories will go into that element of it, but it's not the upfront thing that I'd leave the pitch with. Mm -hmm. Especially in podcasting, it's all about edutainment. People want to learn something, and they also want to know how to do something. So it's what can you teach the audience that they couldn't do at the beginning of the show that they will know at the end and relate you as the expert to that, where they now know I can trust you and now need to want to get in your ecosystem and possibly buy that awesome book that you've got on floral arranging. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, do you, because another thing that, that I would often do, because my show, let's say I talked about politics and, and folks would have a lot of different issues to talk about, rather than me run, being all over the board, I would encourage them on occasion to give me some of the questions that you want to have uh, talked about on the program. Because uh, as a PR person, I understood that if you don't do that sometimes, you can lose control of the narrative and uh, they might go in directions, the, the host might go in directions you don't want them to go in. So do you help prepare yeah. them with questions? Yeah, but as a PR person, you don't have control of the narrative. You're a guest on somebody else's show, so they are the ones, and you have to go where they go. So sometimes you need to control it from within the interview and ask and answer your own questions in the interview. But it's their show. You're the guest at somebody else's party, and you have to go with the flow. It's not If, if you want to control the narrative and get your questions asked and answered and talk about what you want to talk about, that's advertising and you need to pay for it and that's how you can control it. Otherwise, it's earned media. Okay. So so part of your grooming, if you will, on um, with your uh, clients is to help them make sure that there's some, or being able to guide the question a little bit more to, the, to their benefit? Yeah. Well, it's about giving value. It's not about advertising and promotion and because that's an that's an ad, that's sales. 
So in podcasting especially, it's about providing value because you're a guest on somebody else's show, but you can get your keywords in there, get your key messaging in there, stay on message, but you can't be a robot and like, like I know what politicians do and I completely get it and they absolutely have to, but if you're not a politician, well, if you come across as a politician, that's not going to work in podcasts. Okay, all right. Because it's not a news medium. Now, how do you explain to your uh, your clients the, the benefits of being on a podcast? Yeah, so the benefits of being on it, there's so many benefits of being on a podcast. I'll run through a few of them with you, but you probably already know them. So a lot of it has to do with personal brand building. It positions you as an expert, so you've got that authority, your credibility, it's helping your reputation, influence, it's amplifying your message. But the amplification is only as good as the message is. So if you don't have everything in place, it's just going to make it louder. So you really need to have that in place. You're accessing niche, niche established and curated audiences. So you're getting 30 to 60 minutes with an audience and it's pretty much one-to-one. And that audience is engaged as well because they're not accidentally listening to a podcast and it scrolls through it. They've gone to a podcast to listen very intentionally and you as a guest on that show is pretty much a warm introduction because the host has said, yep, Kelly's all right with me. I've hand-selected her to come on this show. There's only 52 spots a year. So already the audience is thinking, well, if they're good enough to be on the show and Peter has already invited Kelly, it's kind of you've gotten over the first step. The other benefit is podcasting is high-end networking. So it's all about relationship building with the host as well. There's potential for you know affiliates, cross-promotions, partnerships, referrals. So sometimes with podcast guests, the host can actually be the target as much as the audience can. And then there's show notes, so that's SEO. Also, the practice refining your message those 30 to 60 minutes of constantly getting your message out there and you'll Mm -hmm. be able to figure out what the host responds to, what people keep asking you, so you can then tailor your message even further. And it's definitely a pull, not push medium. So it's pulling people to you instead of pushing out your advertising. So that's a lot. That's a lot of benefits to being a guest on podcasts that I don't think you get in all other traditional media, even digital media. Now, what would you suggest would be some of the elements of having having a great interview? I would say bringing value to the audience and having a giving mentality instead of going on there saying, I'm there to promote my book or my thing and I want you to buy my stuff. So if you go there to genuinely educate the audience without any expectation of being a salesperson, you're going to get the most value out of that podcast. And also speaking to the audience in a way that they understand at the level where they are and using stories and examples. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways. So you obviously walk clients through all of these steps. Once you get them prepared, then you're ready to pitch them to the various uh, podcast producers? Yeah. So then we've gotten all the prep out of the way. So we've got their messaging. We know what their purpose is. We've got their positioning right. We cross-check the platform to make sure that you know the message is right, the headshots are right, that you're live on other platforms. And because having a personal brand and getting it out there, like if one element isn't working, it's not going to work. So 
a personal brand is about how you look, act, what you say, what you stand for, who you associate with. But if it comes across fake, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So we need to have that in place before we send the pitch. If you've got your why, but it's not resonating, it's disconnected, no one's going to care. If you've got your messaging, but it's confusing and it's not clear, it's not going to work. You might have your positioning, but if it's generic and you're not highly differentiated, it's not going to work either. So it's kind of like a Rubik's Cube. All the colors have to match and say green. If one thing isn't working, then it's not going to work. So we have that in place. Then we find source and vet the shows, and then we send the pictures out. And then we've still got to get the yes. So that's why it's quite a uh, manual and intense process. Talk a bit more about personal brands. I, I don't hear very much about that. People might need to know what it is that they need to do to enhance their personal brands. Yeah, so personal brand, I'm obsessed with it, but I don't really love the term. <laughs> I think when people think of personal brand, they think of those Instagram girls that have filters, it's all pink, it's shiny, and it's completely fake. If you replace the word personal brand with reputation management, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us has a personal brand. We've always had one. And whether or not you are active in your personal brand, you've got one and it's how people perceive you. So you can think you're perceived one way, but you might act a different way. So it's about, what, like I said, it's how you look and dress, how you present yourself. It's how you act. So it's what you say, what you do, how you say it. It's who you associate with. Like, are you in a photo with Trump or are you in a photo with Obama? Either way, that's saying something about your personal brand. Whether, you know, so if you're active or inactive in it. And, like, you may have all those things that I was saying. You may be authentic. You may resonate. You may be clear. You may be differentiated. But if you only stick a post out once a year, it's inconsistent. So no one's going to see it. Or if you're only on one platform, no one's going to see it. So it's all those things and being proactive instead of it just being, even if you do nothing, that's adding to your personal brand. That's saying lazy, inactive, doesn't care. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I look at it and it's hugely important. A lot of people have been putting everything into their business brand, but if that business falls down or you start another business, the only thing you've got is your own brand, whether you're an employee, whether you're a student, whether you're a business owner, whether you're in politics, that's the thing that goes with you for your entire life, so you must nurture it now in the digital age. You know, normally how I, I put that is that your brand is not what you think it is, it's what other people perceive it to be. Absolutely, and sometimes you're wrong. You think, oh, I think that I'm this, and then if you ask around and do little surveys and audits, people see you in a completely different way. So you might think your brand is one thing, but then you might do something which is opposite to what you think it is. So the personal brand exists in between what you do, think and say, and what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. So like there's a famous saying, it's like your, your brand is what people say when you're not in the room. Right. That's pretty much true. <laughs> so you can change it. Uh, you, you can change you're that. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, so a great example of that is I used to weigh 335 pounds. I was a plus size blogger. I lost 200 pounds. Now, that completely changed my personal brand and I had to have an entire rebrand because that was about how I looked, that was about how I acted, that's about what I stood for, that was about who I associated with. So my entire brand that I'd built over five years 
kind of disappeared in a matter of months. I lost all my followers and had to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And that often happens. If you're a marriage therapist and that's what your brand's built around and you get divorced, you got to start again <laughs> or, or change it. Not necessarily start again. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's changing it. So, you know, and if you're in a situation, which PR, we hear it all the time, if something happens, that can damage your brand and then you have to do reputation management. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I think that podcasting is a great way because it's pretty much all those things. It's about your messaging, your positioning, how you, you can hear by the sound of my voice. That is part of my personal brand. Am I speaking slow or am I speaking fast? Am I excited? What words am I using? It's an amazing tool for getting that across, but not the only tool, that's for sure, Peter. Now, once uh, you've groomed, if you will, uh, your client, uh, they've made their presentation on one or several other uh, podcasts, what happens after that interview takes place? So after the interview goes, podcasts are often uh, live to tape is what we call it in radio. So it's pre-recorded, done in one go. They might edit out a couple of ums and ahs and stumbles or gaps or whatever. Mm -hmm. But mostly if you're doing an interview, you need to assume that every word you say will end up going in that podcast. And then the producer or host of the show will finish it and say, okay, it's going to go live on X date. Or they may not even say that because it will need to go to post-production and you'll get an email. It could be weeks, it could be days, it could be months saying, okay, your show's gone live. And then that is when you need to promote the show. So your responsibility as a guest after the show, it's not usually contracted. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's an understood and agreed upon that you will promote the podcast, but it's also your chance to leverage and repurpose that content. So if you said something genius in a podcast, you can pull that quote, stick it on an image, put it on Instagram, put it in your social queue, and you can push that out for years to come. That's the per that is the benefit of podcasts being evergreen. Mm -hmm. And of course, you will always need to tag the host in every medium, and you don't like strip the audio and put it on your own feed. You always need to honor the original content and link back to it. The host will love that, and then you might get asked back on the show again or you're well positioned to pitch yourself again if you've got another book, another topic that you'd like to come back on the show to speak about. So the landing the interview isn't the end, recording the interview isn't the end, and going live isn't the end. So it's quite a long process, but you can benefit over and over and over again. Well, one of the things that we'll do on this show is that when we do have uh, certain things happen, we will repurpose the interview and uh, actually convert that into a news article and then send that out talking really about what the, cl uh, what the client said, what their issue is about. But, however, they, they did it on Public Relations Review podcast, and that also adds a few, uh, you know, gives legs to the, to the program as well. Oh, absolutely. You can pull a transcript. You can make a blog post. You can put a tweet. You can put an Instagram. You can put a Facebook. You can get a behind-the-scenes still of you recording the podcast with the host and then stick that as a still and put the audio on YouTube. You can pull a 30-second snippet and make a meme out of it. Like You can probably make at least 30 pieces of content out of one podcast interview. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, let me suggest this right now. You have provided uh, our listeners with some very, very good information. We're always in a learning uh, learning position here. And are there any other good tidbits uh, you'd like to leave with the listeners? Yes. If you are going to pitch a podcast, my number one tip, and it 
so obvious, but honestly, you'd be a bit surprised how many people don't do this. Listen to a full episode of the podcast before you do that interview. So you know the format of it, the host. You don't want to go on there joking if it's super serious, but you also don't want to go on there being super serious if it's a fun show. And then you'll get to know more about the audience as well. So always listen before you pitch the show and or go as a guest on the show. That's my biggest tip. Well, well, good. My guest today has been uh, Kelly Glover. She uh, is the uh, CEO of the Talent Squad with offices in New York and Los Angeles. And Kelly, I'd like to thank you so very much for coming and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to you again. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me on the show. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.